What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We're back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys today. We're going to be talking about some FCS football. As always, at Get the Ball Rolling, uh, a lot of things have have transpired uh, since the last time we had some great games. And I apologize, we're coming at you on a Friday, and it will be released Friday night instead of a normal Wednesday podcast. Uh, for those of you who have been following me and in my career I also do a podcast called the Orange and Blue podcast uh, that podcast uh, my co-host was unable to go we usually do that one uh, late Wednesday night and instead of doing a podcast I decided uh, looked over on the couch and saw my beautiful wife and she said I wanted to watch a movie with you so instead of doing that I took the bait I watched a movie it was great don't worry Love Actually is a fine movie <laughs> uh, anyway I believe that's the one we saw. I don't know. Uh, all rom- romantic comedies are about the same for me. But you know what? Uh, I liked it. It was a good time with the wife. Sometimes you got to do that. You know how it is. You know how it is out there, guys. Anyway, so we are going to be breaking down uh, the FCS from last week. We will be releasing our top 25 at the end of the show. Maybe in the middle. We'll kind of see how it goes. Uh, no, we're definitely doing it. Let's do it in the middle. You know, Normally, we do it at the very end. We'll do it in the middle. And then we'll talk about some games that we're really excited about going forward. Uh, a lot of things have, have happened. And uh, I first want to start off with this. And again, I, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I, it's funny to me um, when I look at the bigger picture. I, I'm a big picture guy. Uh, when I study, I study macro. I, I like that. Uh, when I took sociology, the micro uh, theories and stuff like that didn't interest me. Like I don't. I mean, symbology is fine, but I wanted to talk about conflict theory and and I want to get into you know the haves and the have-nots and and then when I studied in in college in in economics, I didn't care what one's you know if you look on a micro level, a city uh, overall into the the economy. I like to think about the United States, the GDP. Uh, you know, inflation. How does that? How does uh, monetary policy affect that? Keynesian economics. Uh, you know, even the University of Chicago School of Economics and their the idea of austerity. All those kinds of things. I I enjoy debating that. That's where I say. So I try to say in the ma- macro, and I feel like a lot of times people get so hung up on the micro. Now you would say, well, Tyler, what's micro? And, and this is what's difficult about those kind of sciences like economics, sociology, um, is that they're somewhat pseudosciences, right? They're not um, one plus one equals two. And when you say micro, I could say one game and it could mean one season if we're talking. I mean, look at North Dakota states. They're, they're you know, almost decade of dominance. And even further back, they're a really good football team. Um, and then maybe one season to them might be a micro, but we'll be just talking from week to week and uh, and like I said as I as I look across the entire uh, FCS landscape and I love FCS fans they're some of the greatest fans out there but I feel like we get caught up in, and maybe FBS fans do as well but I think a lot of fans get caught up in the micro 
into a single game, into uh, this or that, or uh, I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, FCS on the come up, and uh, people are talking about us, and, and there's a lot of buzz on Twitter, and don't get me wrong, I think it's wonderful that for the FCS. I went to an FCS school now, it was a Division two school, and I think it's important to give this platform. Again, when I created this, I wanted to give platforms to to, in stories to people that don't normally hear it. That's why we went to North Dakota and, and we interviewed Coach Freund. That's why we went to Weaver State and interviewed Jay Hill. That's why we were over at Dixie and interviewed Coach Peterson. Uh, those are the kind of things that I want to do. And like I said, we'll be bringing that back this next summer. Super excited to do it. Can't wait. Uh, but... Uh, you know, you guys understand what, why we weren't able to this summer, but we're really excited to do that in, in the coming year. Uh, but th so, so right now we're just talking FCS. And a lot of people are like, oh my goodness, the FCS this year, so many FCS upsets. And great, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful. It's wonderful seeing. And, and, and honestly, the top of the FCS probably beats the bottom of the F, uh, F, uh, BS, right? Uh, and we get games where it's been, where FCS schools have really dominated. And uh, it's been good. But I, you know, it makes you wonder uh, when you have something out of the ordinary. I believe uh, we're either really close to the record or, or FCS has broken the record of the amount of games that have been won by against FBS opponents and you would say well well why is that and a lot of people will, will jump immediately to well FCS on the come up and maybe they are and maybe that maybe that's part of it but we're going to go macro theory so what what has happened and I know you know when you listen to podcasts you want to get away from COVID but I want to talk about it shut down we did not have the, the well, we had kind of a quasi-fall season, uh, right? And some people played in the fall, but most of them played in the spring. We had people uh, quit, uh, you know, halfway through, played two games, three games, a, a myriad of different scenarios. But what makes it interesting outside of, and we'll get into the second cause, the transfer portal, but the, the main cause I feel like that is driving this is that the FCS schools, those kids stay. Uh, now I understand there's great FCS uh, people in in the NFL, and I'm not and I'm not trying to diminish anything. But for example, Ohio State is struggling this year. Well, you'd say, well, why is Ohio State struggling? Well, they don't bring back as many seniors as what you know a Michigan State does. Maybe Michigan State they have one guy a year go to the NFL, or Ohio State has twelve guys that go to the NFL, and they've got to replenish it. Well, if you guys don't know, everyone got their year back because of COVID. They got an extra year, and then you have, and then if you have a redshirt year, you could stay up to six years. And then if you have two medical hardship waivers, which you can get, you could stay up to potentially eight years um, playing college football. Now that sounds like insanity. You would have your doctorate when you're walking out of there, but hey, that's what we what what the NCAA decided to do and I'm and I'm here for it right but when I when I sit there and I and I really think about it I really think that's what the cause is is that teams like like a, a James Madison instead of those kids going on to the NFL they stayed back a year they decided to play uh, their sixth year or or seventh year depending on red shirt or whatever right they're the, whatever their their circumstance may be and so we're getting these teams that are very experienced been in the systems for a while and they're able to go and upset the fbs teams that might have a little bit higher turnover 
You look at NAU beating Arizona. Now, Arizona's going through some things, but that's a perfect example. NAU keeps their guys. Not a lot of people transfer. Get a couple of transfers from FBS schools, and they're going to be a lethal, potent team. Now, as we as this kind of unfurls, I think it will take four or five years because of eligibility and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I would tend to say that the FCS is going to look really good over the next four or five years, depending on conference realignment. If everything stayed the same, it would then revert to what it was back before one or two upsets a year between FCS and FBS teams. So there's that. And then you got the transfer portal, which I've mentioned before, where you have people that are that, that are able to transfer into the program uh, if they don't like their situation, which I'm, you know, player empowerment, I'm here for it. Uh, because if the coach gets fired that recruited you, why would you stay there? If that's not, if you don't like it, whatever. Uh, a lot of people may say that it's, you know, making college football worse i would disagree but they're saying you know all all these babies they don't want to play so they're going to transfer wouldn't say that i wouldn't go that far but i think that these aspects are are changing the college football landscape so uh yes we did have a, a you know nau over arizona wonderful upset very proud of them but this is what i want us to talk about on get the ball rolling is to have these intellectual thoughts i want you to go home or wherever you're listening on a drive if you're sitting on your patio think about that and really digest what i said uh, you might say well uh, you know what tyler you're crazy you're full of crap that's fine i'm fine with it but that's how i feel and uh, i want to it's my job i feel as a podcaster and and here in the in the opinion business to give you to stimulate your minds to think and that's what i want to do on this podcast and that's what i feel like has been missing not only uh in in college football but in america of of late is that we we get so tied we get so with our blinders on we hear what we want to hear but let's let's open up our minds let's have an intellectual thought and uh, even if you disagree with me you know what? At least you thought about it. At least you digested it. All righty. So there was that that, that, that kind of tidbit that I wanted to discuss. And I think this is something that's going to be happening, like I said, within three or four years as, as eligibility requirements stay what they are. Anyway, so we'll be jumping into what happened this last week. Chattanooga almost upset Kentucky, wonderful game. I was able to watch that. Kentucky pulled out in the end, 28 to 23. However, the mocks are looking very, very good. They're always kind of hanging around in the SoCon, excited to follow them for the rest of the season. Uh, I do like the mocks uh, going forward. Another close one that we were able to talk about, Merrimack against Maine. Maine was able to come back and win. Uh, Merrimack scored 20 points in the second quarter. It was actually 20 to 22. Uh, Merrimack failed with only six points in the third quarter while uh, Maine was able to get nine and everyone was shut out in the fourth. So Maine moves to one and two. Merrimack moves to two and one. Definitely two teams that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on going forward. We were able to see some of the uh, the Ivy Leagues. Harvard trounces Georgetown 44 to nine. Rhode Island beats Brown 45 to 24. Not too much of a surprise there. Princeton's looking as potent as ever with a 32 nothing win over uh, Lehigh. Another team that we've been uh, keeping a very close eye on is New Hampshire, and I cannot wait to talk about their upcoming game in two weeks. This week, I think they lose their first game against Pittsburgh, but hey, we've had some crazier things happen, but the uh, the Wildcats were able to beat the Leopards of Lafayette 19-13, to moving them to 3-0. and A couple other of uh, uh, games that surprised me, Dartmouth, they were good a few years ago, only beat Valparaiso 28-18, to so it's definitely something I'm 
going to be keeping an eye on. Montana State, another game that I was watching uh, during the afternoon hour. Boat races the Toreros 52-10. to I do not know what's going on in San Diego. Looks like the Pioneer League is up for grabs this season. Uh... And, I mean, rightfully so. It will be very, very interesting. Uh, some of the other notable games, Richmond only beats, uh, or sorry, Villanova only beats Richmond 34-27, to which I thought was kind of uh, an interesting score because I thought Villanova was, was a superior team. However, Richmond looks like they're hanging around and they're getting back to the spiders of old. Uh, Eastern Washington, uh, Western Illinois has not been good for quite some time now. However, uh, Eastern Washington put up 62 points but allowed 56, which does not bode well for the Eagles once when they get into uh, a big sky play. Now, they are on the road just an hour from here in Cedar City, Utah this upcoming week. Uh, and they, I believe they'll beat uh, SUU, but they might be looking ahead to that Montana matchup in two weeks' time. Another game that I was watching, Northern Iowa against St. Thomas. St. Thomas was a Division three school. They'd been dominating for so long, they told them they had to go up to D1, and I think they got their first real taste of welcome to D1. Uh, Northern Iowa put up 44 points and only allowed St. Thomas to score three, and uh, I thought that was a very uh, interesting game. Another game that's, that's uh, they're actually doing an, an ESPN uh, 360 or whatever on college game day about Presbyterian College. Uh, they were shut out 72 to nothing. Now this is the, you know, their theory is you never punt. Uh, you always go for it. And there's some other crazy theories coming out of there, but Cam Campbell uh, is looking very, very good. Despite the loss to Elon, uh, I think this is going to be a very good team. Uh, I really am excited to see them play against Gardner-Webb along with Monmouth and Kennesaw State. Uh, they do have a tough game against James Madison. Charleston S Southern uh, definitely is pesky. So I'm, I'm excited to see where Campbell goes over the next couple of weeks. I will be definitely be tuning into them. Finally, uh, one of the games that I really wanted to discuss, and I've been kind of leaving it uh, to the end, uh, uh is the James Madison-Weaver State game. But first, uh, Jacksonville State struggled against North Alabama. I think this is a UNA team that in a couple of years are going to be really good. They're still going through some growing pains. They're 0-3 right now. This was their first really big win. They take on Nickel State this next week, and I think they're going to be struggling. Uh, I think they struggle against them as well. Uh, they're in a very, you know, they're in the, the Atlantic Sun kind of new uh, conference there as they're making it. Uh, but they, they hung tough against Jacksonville State. Watch out for the Lions in two years' time. So the game, like I said, the game I really want to discuss outside of, we've already mentioned the NAU game, they won 21-19, is this James Madison-Weber State. I don't feel like the score is, is, is indicative of the game, but Weber State's defense, which has been known to be absolute stout, struggled this week. Uh, and I'm and I'm kind of disappointed because I thought it would be a little bit closer. I was hoping that it would be a three-point-ish game. Uh, you know, go-either-way game. Ogden, Utah is, is a tough, tough place to play. If you guys have not been there, uh, we, uh, Stewart Stadium sits up on the bench. Bench. And so uh, I was there uh, uh, 
two years ago in 2019 when they took on uh, Montana in the in the FCS quarterfinals and the storms get locked in there uh, because it's close to the mountains it sounds a lot louder than than the amount of fans that are there but I heard that a lot of people turned up in Ogden a lot of my friends were there so and uh, and family as well uh, coming all the way from Virginia to watch that game so I was excited to, to, to I was excited for the game disappointed in the result uh, you a lot of you guys know a lot of I have a lot of family that went to Weaver State or is going to Weaver State currently and so and a lot of friends as well and uh, it's disappointing when you when you you know your hometown team a team that I've grown up around loses uh, to that and I actually if you want to count it I actually did one semester in high school at Weaver State so and I wouldn't call them my alma mater. Alma mater is Dixie State in St. George, Utah. But hey, they helped me get my college degree, so I'm gonna got a chair for them. So that was week uh, number three, I believe it is, and uh, we'll get into week four coming up. But first, we're gonna be releasing our top twenty-five. Uh, coming in at number twenty-five, I have the New Hampshire Wildcats. I think they've been playing absolutely awesome football. And uh, when you're three and zero, not just because of the con- like the the you know three and zero, but they've played better than what I thought or what I expected. So they get the number twenty-five spot. Coming in at twenty-four, we have Austin P. Coming in at twenty-three, we have Murray. State, a team that nobody is talking about, but they played Bowling Green and Cincinnati, two uh, FBS teams. Now, the Bowling Green game, I thought, should have been a little bit closer. I was I was unable to watch it, but I do love the racers, and uh, it'd be interesting to see where they go, but I kind of have them on uh, based off of last year's uh, performance and what I believe they're going to be this year. Coming in at 22, I have the Paladins of Furman, 21 Northern Iowa, number 20, we have Southeast Louisiana Louisiana, a team that I'm really interested to watch going forward. Uh, I do like them, and I think that they can make a run into the playoffs coming up pretty soon. But right now, I have them at 20, just kind of hanging around the outside. Coming in at 19, I have VMI, the key debts. 18, Villanova. Number 17, Jacksonville State. Number 16, ETSU, East Tennessee State University. Now, despite they are undefeated and they did beat Vandy in week one, a lot of people have them higher. I need to see a little bit more from them. Again, it's it's when the first couple of weeks, a lot of teams play FBS teams. And yeah, you beat Vanderbilt, but uh, how are you going to be able to compete against a Furman team or a Wofford Terrier team, uh, a Chattanooga Mocs team, a team that you see year after year after year. Uh, a one-off game is not for me just to go throwing them up into the top 10 or even the top 15, which a lot of people have. And I know I have them just outside of the top 15, mainly because of that win. But we'll see where they go going forward. And even if they're going to make it, I think that Furman, Wofford, and the and Chattanooga are better. But you know what? ETSU, ETSU proved me wrong. Coming at 15, I have the Bears of Central Arkansas, uh, team that played in the fall and did not play in the spring last year i really do like them and i think we'll be talking about them uh, late into November and December. 14, I have Monmouth. 13, I have UC Davis. A lot of people have Davis a lot higher. Um, we will see this next weekend what they are all about, taking on Weaver State at Weaver State. Really excited to watch that. Coming in at 12, we have Missouri State, a team that I will finally be able to see play here in beautiful, sunny St. George at the end of November. Uh, I cannot wait. I have them as the 12th seed, uh, 12th, not seed, 12th rank uh, team in the Uh, Coming in at number 11, I have EWU, the Eagles. Uh, 
And uh, I think they're going to beat SUU, but in two weeks' time, they will be taking on Montana. And uh, we'll see what EWU is all about. Coming in at 10, I have Delaware, a team that I think that has an, an outside shot to beat or to win the CAA. I know that JMU's kind of dominated it of late, but I would not be surprised if Delaware makes a run. Coming in at number 9, despite the loss, uh, I do have Weaver State to JMU. When you play a top team, you do not lose your ranking unless you get boat race. It was not a boat race. Again, I thought that the score was not indicative of the game. 13-point uh, win uh, for JMU, but still a really good team. Coming in at number 8, I have UND. Number 7, I have SIU, the Salukis. And I was tentative to put them there because, I mean, they did have a good spring season, but they were kind of up and down. They did, uh, did beat uh, Weaver State. Uh, so that's why, I mean, I have them there, but I want to see what they're going to do against uh, South Dakota State. Um, I want to see them play against UND, North Dakota State, those kinds of teams. And then I can finally rank them. I, I don't know. I had them last year. They, they bubbled around 15 a lot. So this year I, I feel kind of weird putting them up as high as I do, but I do have them coming in at number seven. Number six, I have Montana State. This team looks like they are absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to watch what goes on going forward. Uh, I think them and the game against them and Montana is going to be phenomenal this year. Definitely a game that I might have to drive up to depending on the weekend, but uh, a team, a game that I definitely want to see. Coming in at number five, I do have the Grizzlies of Montana. Yeah, they did beat Washington and uh, I think this is a really good team. I still think Weaver State still is the king of the big sky. However, they do have a couple of losses. That's why they're lower. But uh, Montana and Montana State, I, I still think the big sky goes through Ogden. Now, I know you can have shares of titles and stuff like that, but uh, Weaver State definitely has, uh, I believe they're four-time champions, big sky champions. So uh, you're going to have to go through Ogden there. Despite them being ranked higher, uh, uh, we'll see what happens as the rest of the 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 season plays out. Coming in at four, I have JMU. I know they're a little bit lower uh, than most people have them. A lot of people have a one or two after the win against Weber State. Again, uh, JMU and and maybe it's it's my fault, but until they can prove that they can win the big game, uh, I mean, last year they they, they lost in the, the semifinals and uh, they lost in the finals. They've going back for a few years until they prove it. Yeah, they might be you know the the second best, but uh, I really don't see that. I think that the three teams above them are better than them, and I think the people around them, um, a Montana State, a Montana, uh, that would give them a run for their money. Even UND played JMU tough a couple uh, just this last spring, so they're good. But we'll see. I think that right now is their ceiling, unless they, I mean, if they go undefeated, then I'll definitely have to rank them up higher. But that's kind of where I see JMU coming in at number two, South Dakota State. No movement there uh, since springtime. I actually pre predicted them to beat Sam Houston. They lost to Sam Houston in the in the championship. And uh, coming in at number one, we do have the Bearcats of Sam Houston. It blows my mind that anyone would have uh, the top two teams outside of uh, you know. Otherwise, uh, they are the kings until proven you know, tell I'm proven wrong until they lose. And, and they can lose uh, North Dakota State and North Dakota coming up. Uh, Sam Houston is in the whack now, so maybe they, they, they drop a whack game. I don't see, think that they do. But, I you know, when you're the national champions, you're number one until number one. Uh, I usually don't like doing these rankings. I almost didn't do it this week. But because uh, it is so popular, just to kind of see where I think the teams are stacking up this year, I decided to do it. Like I said, it's hard because when you, uh, you have a team like 
like Murray State, who had a really good year last year, brings back a lot of that same offense and defense. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they play Bowling Green in Cincinnati. They're one and two. Everyone's forgotten about them, but I still think they're good. And so it's hard. Usually by week four and five, we're getting into uh, conference play, which gives you a little bit more semblance of, of, of the rankings or the hierarchy at, you know, at bay. Uh, so going forward to this next week, uh, very excited. Uh, right now, Harvard's actually beating Brown 21 nothing. so you can kind of guess what, when I'm recording this. Uh, we've got some absolute great games coming up and games that I cannot wait to, to watch. And tomorrow, I'm actually... Uh, uh, I, I coach a soccer team, so I'll be out of commission from 3.30 to 4.30. Uh, we got a soccer game. Got to go and coach up the boys. and uh, But I will be watching it in the morning, recording stuff, and then watching it at night. It is awesome. The one game that I'm really tuning into, and I, I can't wait, is Monmouth against Holy Cross. Now, Holy Cross is a team that I had as considerations to be in the top 25. Uh, they, they're a the, they're a Good football team. Uh, I think that they they win um, the Patriot League. But they did lose to Merrimack, which is kind of concerning. And they only let Yale. Yale's an all right, from what I remember, an all right uh, Ivy League school. But they only beat them by three. So I think it will be a true test uh, going down to New Jersey. I do like Monmouth in this game uh, to win. Moving on into some more, some awesome uh, games. We do have VMI against Wofford. Wofford was another team that I had. Uh, VMI kind of came on the scene last year and uh, kind of shocked us all. So I want to see if they're able to to carry it forward uh i know that they're a military institution and and i know they've got you know turnover there in the in the key debts but uh definitely wofford and and Furman have been around the the socon for so long it would be interesting i'm very very interested to watch a game at 11:30 utah time I think that the Keydets will be able to make some noise. Uh, a team that I always feel like I'm talking about is Cal Poly. Uh, they're kind of a team that's been up and down. Uh, they, they beat San Diego, obviously lose to Fresno State, but got boat raced by the Coyotes at home of South Dakota. And now they're taking on Montana. Uh, I really want to see, I mean, Montana has been tested, obviously, taking on Washington. Uh, but I want to see exactly where they're at. They did beat Western Illinois uh, two weeks ago. They beat them really bad, 42-7. to where, uh, you know, Eastern Washington allowed 56 points. So uh, Montana obviously looks good, but I want to see what they're up against against, you know, towards the bottom of the big sky, but a team that I'm very interested to watch. Another team that got uh, votes into my top 25 would be Illinois State. Uh, they take on the Salukis. Illinois State has been good for years, and uh, we'll see what the Salukis are all about coming up this next week. I mean, I love I love Illinois State. We've had them on the on the, on the podcast before. Always happy to talk about them. Another team that I mentioned in the top 25 is ETSU. They, too, take on Samford. Now, Samford's another one of these teams where they're up and down and up and down, and you really don't know what's going on with them, but they take on ETSU. If ETSU really beats down Samford, uh, you'll see them. They'll be talked about with VMI, with Chattanooga, with Wofford and Furman, uh, but this is going to be their first, honestly, how I feel, that one of their first, outside, I mean, Vanderbilt, but their first FCS test of the season. Very, very excited. A game that cannot be overlooked. 
is the national champions go on the road to the Stripes against uh, into Conway, Arkansas, take on Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas, this is their national championship. They they where they did not play this last year. It will be a very interesting game. There's nothing to look forward to coming up. They take on Abilene Christian the next week, followed by Eastern Kentucky, Lamar. These teams are teams that Central Arkansas should just uh, motor through, boat race them. They did have a, a, a pretty good win against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They this last uh, week. This is the game of the season. I'm very interested to see where they go. I, I'm, a, I'm a Central Arkansas fan. They kind of have a soft spot in my heart, so I'll definitely be watching that. We'll see if the champs are still the champs. I think this is a very uh, a potential, you know, really close game. Some other games that I'm interested in watching. Obviously, Weaver State takes on UC Davis. This last this last spring, this was a wonderful game, uh, and this kind of knocked UC Davis out of contention to go to the the FCS playoffs, and then they elected not to, even if they got an invitation. There was something weird like that. Uh, UC Davis has scored so many points this year. Uh, out, uh, they beat Tulsa outside of that game, put up 53 against San Diego and 60 on my alma mater against Dixie State. I was watching that on ESPN Plus. Uh, this last weekend. I'm excited to watch them take on Weber State. Uh, however, when you come up to altitude, it is hard to score that many points. I think it's going to be a lot of between the 40s. That is where I see this game being played. Uh, Weber State's got to get their defense back on track, and I think this is their first big, uh, you know, we're, we got to show that we are the kings of the big sky. You know, going forward for Weber State, I think they, you know, they take on Cal Poly, so nothing really to look forward to. They do have a tough slate, Montana State, followed by uh, Eastern Washington, which will be two back-to-back tough games, and then they have a pretty easy uh, road out at Idaho State, home against Portland State, uh, at SUU, and home against Northern Colorado. So uh, definitely a team to keep your eye on, Weber State going forward. I think this is their biggest test. Uh, obviously, James Madison is, but they lose that game. It doesn't matter because it's not a conference opponent, uh, and th- they're going to look great in the eyes of the committee. Uh, you know, they're going to look great in the, the eyes of the committee, in, in my, you know, personal opinion. Um, now, sadly, my uh, my Dixie State Trailblazers will not be playing this week. Uh, you know, we always do a Dixie segment at the end of the at the end of the the podcast. They are uh, they'll be on the road at South Dakota State in two weeks' time, followed by at Montana, home against Tarleton, home against Stephen F. Austin. So I'm really excited to to go. I I, I really wanted to get out to Brookings, uh, but because I'm a coach, uh, you know, I have obligations here in St. George. But uh, the next two games are going to be very, very difficult for Dixie State, and then I think they're going to be able to win a couple of games against Tarleton and Stephen F. Austin, uh, followed by Fort Lewis. Uh, I think they can win those three games, and uh, we'll see what they're able to do going up against the Delaware, Sam Houston, Montana teams that had absolute uh, amazing seasons uh, just this past year. So this has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. You know that I love talking. Uh, you know I love talking FCS football, and uh, I cannot wait to talk about uh, all of these things, how it plays out this next week. I think this next week we'll see a little bit clearer picture. For example, uh, where SIU falls, uh, where EWU is at, where UC Davis is at, how good Weaver State can they bounce back. I think we'll see some movement. Obviously, that Sam Houston against Central Arkansas game is what, in my opinion, is the game of the week. Cannot wait to tune into that one and uh, see if they can uh, defend the stripes out in Conway. 
So for those of you that are new to get the ball rolling, make sure to uh, comment, like, comment, subscribe, whatever you got to do. Follow us on Twitter and uh, you know continue to look out for those. Uh, I want to put up my rankings, but I think it'll be a little too late. Hopefully, I can get out the rankings coming for this next uh, this next week. Throw it up on Twitter for you guys to see. You know, I love it, love it, love it. And uh, also continue to subscribe. Uh, we're getting you know amazing downloads. I'm very, very impressed with our audience, and it just shows that the FCS is alive and well, and people do want this kind of content. And I'll continue to do this as long as there is a market for it. So thank you guys. And, and in two short years, we've been able to build this into something amazing. So anyway, make sure to do that. Until next time, I hope you guys have a wonderful and safe week. Let's keep this ball rolling.